Welcome to Compression, the quest to $100 million in just one year. Join me, your host, Logan Freeman, in this one-of-a-kind interactive podcast experience where I am on a quest to compress three years of achievement and production into 12 months. And no, the answer is not to just work harder. I'm bringing you not only ideas and concepts that are complete at the theoretical level, but they're also effective at the applied level. Look guys, knowledge is not power. It is potential power. Knowledge plus massive strategic action equals power. We're talking about strategy, systems, accountability, all in real time. This is Compression. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Compression Podcast. I want to continue the conversation Jerome and I were just having off uh, line here. And the reason being is this was a lesson that I had to learn very hard early on. And he said, you know, you got the new mic, you've got your you got your video game going, you know, you got the resource and you don't spend spare any expense when it comes to that. Well, here's the thing. When I met my wife who, um, well, let me step back. I was a bargain hunter my whole life, okay? Rubbing pennies together to make it to make it happen. And when I started making money and having bills and things like that, I was always, you know, shopping still at Kohl's and trying to get the coupons and do all the stuff and I would start buying stuff off of offline and it would just break, you know, two two uh two months later and I'd have to go buy the original thing and I, so now I've got 150% of what I would have spent if I would have just spent the right amount up front. And I remember Zig Ziglar saying, there's a difference between the price and the cost. And he has an incredible uh, example he gives of, of a bike, a bicycle, and uh, you know how a salesman was, was to sell a bike. And he said, look, yeah, I know that the price is more expensive than the Walmart bike down the road. But what I will tell you, is that, you know, in a year, you're going to have to replace that tire. You're going to have to replace those bearings. You're going to have to replace those spokes. Your handlebars might be worn out. And so then you're going to be, you know, adding all these things to this bike. But if you just buy this one that costs a little bit more, this thing's guaranteed to last you five years. And I, and I, that tweak just went off in my, my head when I met Taylor, uh, because she said, stop buying all this cheap crap and start buying the right stuff. And so I think that's a pretty big analogy. Now in business, instead of paying for the cheap alternative, we go ahead and level up and pay the right, uh, the right for the right resource so we can do the job the right the first time. I remember back when I was building walls and pouring concrete, my mentor who took me under his wing and I was running a crew naturally that just kind of happened, you know, uh, out of all the football players, Logan's running the the crew pouring a hundred yards of concrete a day, whatever it was, I can't remember, but he said, Hey, when you're building walls, you got to measure twice and cut once. Well, I had to measure five times and cut twice, but I still eliminated some of that, those cuts that I would have had to make, you know, if I wouldn't have measured all of those times. So I think it's a big lesson that you just pulled out of me, Jerome, with, with one sentence uh, that reminds me that, Hey, if you're going to do something, try to do it right and get the right tools and resources around you. So you can do it, man. Having the right tools is the game changer. And I don't think many people understand 
I, it was funny. I was having this conversation last night. Uh, had somebody reach out. I was like, hey, I, I, I'd like to use your car in a video that I'm doing. I said, okay, I'll come by and you know help you out. And this was the second day in a row they said it. It's like, man, I just can't get everybody on the same page. He said, even though I'm paying folks, they are not showing up for me the way I need them to show up. And they said, well, you know, it's usually more expensive, or at least it feels more expensive up front to pay a professional to get the thing done. But overall, you come out cheaper in the long run when you yep. make that investment. Now, the caveat here is there's a lot of people who are selling snake oil and sure. they've got great marketing baby yeah. and you have to be able to discern true value from a great pitch absolutely absolutely man all right well we just kind of were going off the cuff there jerome i have to ask man you're you're dressed up today so what's going on in your world brother uh all of my red pill shirts are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> there you I go. could get a, a new one out the box, but yep. I, I, nah. Ah, it's I nice to see you in something one. other than the red pill shirt, man. That's good. You do have other clothes. I swear. I've you know. got a closet full of clothes. I got go. suits. I, I got all this stuff. I used to, you know, in my former life, I was called the bow tie bandit. I'd oh. show up in a fresh suit with the bow tie and the shoes and we'd run in and we'd get the money back and run back out because that's what consulting was. Yep. Yep. I totally get that. Well, we're going to get into our regular programming here and I'm you know, going to give everybody an update. We're at $63.2 million on the compression goal of a hundred million. So 63.2, my man, we are tracking really well right now. And I've uh, got another couple closings coming up here. Actually going to show up in one of the wins today. I'll talk about one of the most, most recent closings that we're doing today, actually. Uh, which is very exciting, but 63.2 million. When I sat down to prep myself for today's episode and I thought, what do I want people to get out of today's show? I, I thought about this. What, what is the equation that I have been applying to my life and to my business over the last month? Um, and I know we did a, a month recap. I appreciate that. That's going to be coming out soon. Or actually, it's probably already out um, if you're listening to this show. Uh, so make sure to go check that one out. But it was this. It was leverage plus sustainability equals long-term success. And uh, I'm going to talk about some things this week that I have been applying to my life uh, that uh, have allowed me to sustain um, kind of the levels that I'm at. And here's the thing. I'm in the grind mode right now. It's, you know, it, it is completely uh, me pouring into uh, my employees. And we are in a very interesting time in our business because of the cycle that we're at in the real estate world in Kansas City market. We've seen a massive shift in Kansas City uh, and a big influx of big dollars. I'm not talking 1031 exchange buyers. I'm talking big, big dollars. And that's, you know, taking um, toll on our ability to acquire new properties. And so I'm going to talk about that. But when I thought about this, it was leverage through the employees, through the technology, through uh, capital, and then the sustainability 
which is finding an outlet for your competitive drive and be able to swing in and swing out. And, you know, I'm going to talk about this too, but um, I'm a guy that gets obsessed with things, you know, I, and, and right now I'm definitely obsessed with golf. If you follow me on LinkedIn every week, there's a new golf post, you know, of, of what's going on, but I've thought a lot about this and I'm not just playing golf to waste time. Uh, and I'm going to talk about how I'm making golf be a profit producing activity uh, in today's episode, my man. But Jerome, before we jump into all of the wins, losses, learnings, and some of those things I just talked about, I wanted to just ask you a question. From the outsider's perspective, looking in to Logan's life on a weekly basis through all of our text messages, give us an update on how this guy over here on this side of the video in Missouri is, is doing from your, from your perspective, man. What are you seeing and what am I not seeing that's going on in my life right now? So at the highest level, you're a sponge, right? I, I don't know anybody who has capacity to, to absorb as much as you do. And that was the thing that I think was most interesting in the early parts of the beginning of compression, right? So yeah. you were already doing your work. You had the system that you created over the last six, seven, eight years. Um, when you made the transformation from an NFL football player to somebody in business from 300 pounds to something less to, I mean, we keep going down the list from a guy living in a, a roach infested apartment to someone who has a, an amazing home with yep. the wife and beautiful kids who would never even imagine going to that place. Right. Sure. And so it's really exciting to see the transformation where you're seeing this in golf since you just talked about golf let's let's yep. talk about golf some more you make small tweaks to your swing and you get very drastic results yep right you can brute force it you can make it go or you can use technique and what i see i think most at least what i'm most proud about is you've set your priorities and the amount of conflict that you have when something tries to compete for the resources that you've decided to allocate to your priorities, I see that vanishing. Yep. I see the anxiety going away. And then on the other side of that, there's this level of confidence, this sure. knowing instead of believing. And I think that piece is so magical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that does so much more for the quality of life than the money that'll yep. be made out of this year ever will. And those are the things that you can reapply. Um, and then I, I guess just the last piece of it is when you show up and do the work, the results are imminent. Yeah. And there's no question that you're willing to show up and do the work and make the adjustments on the things in order to get that, that rest of the squeeze out of the orange yes right? yeah you know you're, you're leaving someone at the table it's like ah it's good enough if i could just get one more squeeze to get just that out of all of these other oranges then i got a whole nother picture i can drink from and so you know i think you were getting a little low towards the end of last year it was there was anxiety there was stress it sure. it gotten bigger than you 
and you had to rely on other people in a way that you hadn't had to in the past because before you could brute force it and talking about delegation and all the tools that, you know, we've kind of went through and you've been able to embrace the success. Yeah. Actually have a grateful nature about it instead of, oh, I got to move on to the next thing because I'm a machine. That's right. And from a quality life standpoint, I, I just don't know what else you can get. So yes. I'm excited. I I don't I don't think you're you're missing anything. And if you are, it's not something that's preventing you from moving forward. And right. so and I mean, that's why I'm on your six, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not man. gonna let you miss anything. Yeah. It's gonna prevent you from getting the things that you want most. Well, I got the goosebumps there at the beginning of, of what you were saying, because the, the transformation of the anxiety piece, you know, if you are a business owner, if you are going to go do something on your own and, and you are the, uh, the person that the buck stops with and it starts with, you know, that can create a lot of, of negative emotions if you do not know how to deal with it, but also if you cannot get through it. And that is why nine out of 10 small businesses fail. Okay. And, and well, there's a lot of reasons, but that's a main driver is people cannot sustain that level of emotional stress and anxiety and adversity on a regular basis. And, you know, when Brian Adams came to town and just said, Hey, his mentor told him, you just got to stay in the game longer than most people. Yes. That's a big piece of it. Just, you know, showing up is half the battle. Tim Grover would say, no, showing up to win is the only battle. And, um, and so, yes, showing up is important, but, and, 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 you know, doing the work is important, but you also have to have a level of and a standard that you will not accept mediocrity in your business. And so where the anxiety, now that I reflect back and look came from was saying, Hey, Logan's not controlling everything now. And so I have to rely on other people. And so I, I have one of two options. I can, you know, die by the blade and, and be a control freak, or I can get the people that I'm working with to raise their standards and only bring people into our business that are bought into those standards and keeping those folks accountable. And so that, I, that was such a big monster for me. Um, you know, thinking about that last November and December, that it just made me so uh, anxious. And then, you know, frankly, it just happened, right? I mean, we had no, we had no choice. And so I said, okay, now I got to pour back into this and to these people and make sure that we're doing this right. And what stuck with me was Marco or Mark Rubio uh, Acosta, when he said something along the lines of, when you're bringing people on and applying leverage, and maybe it was Naval Ravikant, you're going to spend 150% more time up front to get that task done right the first time, but you're never going to have to go back and touch that ever again. And that was the light bulb moment for me was, okay, yeah, sure. I don't want to do this right now and pour into these people, but if I do it the right way for 30 days, for the next 10 years, I'm not going to have to worry about this being done. And we are standardizing everything and we're processing everything. And there's a system now. And I'm, I'm seeing that, uh, you know, happen. Sure, we got a huge payroll. I mean, I think to the tunes of, you know, upwards of $50,000 a month. And I'm not sure that even counts the principal's, uh, you know, salaries. And so, you know, that's a big monstrous number. But 
when I see things that are happening, when I'm not working in the business, I'm seeing business plans being implemented. I'm seeing financial controls taken care of. Investor communication is at a better spot than it ever has been. And we're looking at more deals and we're taking deals full cycle. I can't do that all. Parker can't do that all. Corey can't do that all. And so if we want to be true operators and private equity guys in this space, this is what you have to go through. And so that that kind of challenge back in November, December, and, and still going through it, obviously, but the challenge of just getting my head wrapped around, this is what we have to do to, to take the next step. Um, that was a huge you know, uh, challenge for me to go through those couple months. And obviously launching this podcast and other things that we've you know, got going on as well, um, you know, kind of added to the fire, but I would not have been able to get through that if I would not have been as reflective as I, as I was with you on this show, going through that on a weekly basis. I, I just need to make that a very clear um, understanding for people that are listening. And I, I recently, my talk tracks have you know, changed on podcasts because I'm no longer the 1031 exchange guy that's just out there chasing transactions. I'm no longer you know, the newbie in this field, just out here trying to figure it out. Now people are asking, how are you building teams? How are you getting people on board with what you're doing? How are you attracting these things towards your company? And, you know, I mean, a part of it is accepting the challenge of saying, okay, we got to have more advocates for FTW and for our business out there in the workplace uh, going on on a regular basis. And so, you know, big, big, you know, huge win, obviously, over the last seven, eight months. And one that I'm still learning, especially because our marketing director just started and she, you know, filters right up to me. Um, but so many things I was missing on the marketing side, I cannot believe that I was able to white knuckle us to, to where we are right now, man. I mean, just holding on for dear life, just, just squeezing everything that I could out of it. And, you know, I think that's what I was feeling back in March of this year was like, oh my God, man, I, I can't do this. This is not sustainable. You know, the, the, the health, the everything, you know, I mean, if anybody can do it, I can push through it. But I just saw, you know, thinking long term, just like we do in real estate, it's not, hey, we're trying to get out of this thing in, in two years. It's this is a five, 10 year deal. Same thing with this business. You got to be thinking about it that way and build something that will support not just where you're at now, but where you're going. And that hurts in the short term, but it'll keep you sustainable. And that's the word that keeps, you know, popping into my head is leverage plus sustainability equals long-term success. And you just got to stay in the game and elevate your standards and let people, you know, work towards your, your standards for them. And they need to be very clear as well. So all of those things, man, I appreciate that insight where, you know, huge learnings for me over the last six or seven months. And, and I love that you text me and said, Hey man, these new podcasts out, this is a new guy, you know, talking on these shows, you know, and you know, everybody wants to still hear the story, how you got started. Sure. I, I, I abbreviate that a little bit, but there's some stories inside of that. There's some stories with what we're going through right now that I'm trying to pull out. Cause I think that's what sticks with people. And, uh, you know, I haven't been studying story necessarily. I've just, just tried to say, look, uh, where where is my head at right now and what am I focusing on? It's a lot different than it was three, four years ago when I was starting out the podcast realm. And, you know, I think people are getting different tidbits out of there. And what I want investors, what I want vendors, what I want partners to hear me saying and what you listeners that are listening to this show right now is if you continue to evolve, 
if you continue to level up, you're not going to be talking about the same thing that you were. You know, if you're looking behind me right now, you know, there's books here, there's books here, and there's books here. You know, I'm trying to get to that top level. I'm somewhere around here. But guess what? There's a level underneath this one that you can't even see right now. And that's where I was four years ago, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm torn because I hear a lot of people say you got to fake it till you make it. And if, if it's if that statement is in regards to your mentality and you have to fake it in regards to making it with your mentality, then I guess that's OK for a certain period of time. But you cannot fake it in this business at the level that we are trying to get to at all. Your uh, your closets, your demons will be pulled out of you and people will see those very quickly. And so as you continue to level up to the next stage, you know, you're not faking anything. You're just being real and authentic. And if you're learning and iterating and pivoting, people will hear that in your communication. And so that's a big piece of what we've been going through as well, Jerome. Clarity, my friend. So I, I got to ask, you haven't told me this, but I think I know the answer. Did she say, how did you do all this by yourself yet? Did I say how? Did she? When she sees all the stuff that's out there, when she sees the expectations that you have for her, did she ask you how all this content was getting produced yet? No, no. I mean, I, I, I think that uh, at the end of the day, she was like, holy cow, you have just bootstrap this thing and you know so much more about marketing and she asked me she did she yes she did the answer is yes <laughs> now that i think back in our first minutes how the heck did you get to this point and i said look i i read these five books yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, yeah. now that i'm now i remember what you're saying so i i read these five books and i applied these technologies and i engaged with this firm who also pushed me uh, you know, very hard to to do these things. And I stayed consistent with it. But, you know, just, I mean, even regarding, you know, active campaign and all these different technologies that we've got, she's like, how did you draft these emails by yourself and write this stuff? I said, I pulled it straight out of a book. I pulled it straight out of somebody else's. I modeled what was working for other people and then spent hours in the, in the cave, just, you know, getting it done. And she's like, my gosh. And then this was a second question. Where's, where's the, where's the process for this? And I looked at her and I said, there is no process. It's right here. She goes, we can't do that. Not everybody's out. Not everybody's operating at that level, man. We cannot do that anymore. And so uh, we've made some big changes on the marketing side. E even if you guys are on the list, uh, you'll see the emails that came out already starting to look different, more professional, um, looking great, crisp. Yeah. Crisp. So, um, but yeah, at, at one point she was, she was just kind of saying, can we just pause for a second and say, how the heck did you do all of this? And I said, well, you know, I spent a lot of time reading and just implementing and trying to do the best that I could. And I thought it was hilarious that she was, you know, we got to we got to get a process around this because you, your your brain is operating at, at that level and, and, and nobody else is, is is in that space but you. And so we got to get this down on paper. And so that's what I really respect about Allison is she's taking everything out of this brain, putting it into a process so we can repeat faster, better and iterate whenever we need to, man. Love it. Love it. It's always fun when you bring the new person on and you're like, yeah, how'd you do that? Yep. Like, uh, 
did it. <laughs> well, let's jump into some of the wins, man, from this past week. You know, when I, I looked at the blank page this morning, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to write down. Then I started writing and I was like, whoa, okay. Now, now I see where it's at. So obviously onboarding our marketing director, huge, huge win guys. I mean, just big things to come on that front. Um, a lot of fun, exciting uh, activities and new marketing that will be coming out from that front. We got our uh, pay-per-click um, advertising launched on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm seeing leads come in. I don't know what to do with them yet. I got to figure that out, but there it's there. The clicks are happening and I haven't checked the, you know, the level of the people that are coming through, but I'm excited to dive in that with Allison uh, next week. So that was a big initiative for us getting some more investors coming into the pipeline. And here's the thing with the investor piece. Like I could go get capital from people that want to do deals with FTW and take a portion of our portion of the deal. That is out there. I can get it. I know 20 guys that I could call and would be just so happy to do that. What I'm challenging myself is to not rely on that. And um, that's the big goal is to be able to never worry about a capital raise and where we're at with that. So candidly, I'll give you guys, we have about 1500 people on our email list. My goal is to get that to 10,000, 10,000 by the end of the, of the year, not by people that are just, you know, Hey, I would like to know what you guys are doing. It's people are, Hey, I'm interested in investing in real estate and I want to look at your project. So huge audacious goal there. Uh, I've got some different ideas about how to get there. And I know some of my mentors are somewhere around the 7,500 to 8,500 people on their list. And so I've got a little bit of a competitive edge coming out saying, all right, how do I get 10,000 qualified accredited investor leads looking at our deals on a regular basis? So I love marketing because if you do it the right way, there are things that you can track and there's, there's measurables as you can see um, if you keep the transparency in that process together. Another big win, we sold a building. I mean, I, we sold our first project. Today, we're closing on a first deal, full cycle project as real estate investors. And, you know, when you go through all these acquisitions, it's like, oh man, really cool to buy all this stuff. But it's really interesting to see uh, everything come together, you know, faster than you think it was and uh, to get a deal over the finish line. So fingers crossed, it's 1230 right now. Uh, by 3.30, we'll be closed and, and, and done with that deal and deliver a 50% IRR to our investors. So very stoked about that. Um, that's a huge win and have already identified the, the property to 1031 exchange into. And so um, that's a whole nother bucket to, to talk about. But selling a deal, um, which is really, really exciting for me. And we got some more of those uh, coming up here very soon. Okay, update on the weight. Um, I didn't text you this, I, I don't think, Jerome, but I, I, I was down to 272.8 on Monday, um, down from 285 at the doctor's office a couple of weeks ago, guys. And I think that doctor's office scale was a little bit uh, inflated. I had my clothes on. I, I, so, but anyways, at the end of the day, I'm down to 270.8. I'm tracking in the right direction. Uh, hopefully after this week, <laughs> I'm not adding weight, but hey, I'm... Um, I've got a good system in place uh, for that right now. Be All careful right. with your celebration for selling the project. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Here's a good one, man. I've got a great pulse of not just the Kansas City market, but the Midwest multifamily market. I think I have an inside track to what's going on 
in the multifamily market in regards to where pricing is, what terms are, what people are expecting to sell at, what people are expecting to buy at. And I've got this uh, insider information. What I love about real estate, I heard somebody say this on a podcast the other day, is you get to have insider information in the real estate world. You cannot do that in the stock market, okay? Insider trading is illegal in the stock market. All we do as real estate sponsors is insider trading. You know, we're making calculated bets on risk based on knowledge that other people do not have. And with putting out over $145 million in offers in the last two and a half weeks, I have a really good pulse of what's going on in Kansas City, Oklahoma, Northwest Arkansas, the Quad Cities, and in Nebraska. And I, I'm able to shift where our focus is going. And so a huge win is understanding that we bought deals 600 units last year at $50,000 a unit in one submarket in Kansas City. Across the street, uh, a deal just traded at $117,000. It was a 20-day close and $3 million hard earnest money deposit, no carve-outs day one. I know that probably sounds like Rambo Jamble, but what I want you guys to understand is this. If somebody puts up $3 million of hard earnest money day one, that means they don't even require the seller to provide them title to a $35 million property. Not even title. I'm going to say that again. You will not have assurance that you're going to get a clean title before you put $3 million worth of non-refundable earnest money deposit. That's happening in multiple markets but Kansas City is one that is very, very hot and competitive right now. So we're shifting focus. We're staying true to our underwriting, building relationships with the brokers, but we will not do that. We absolutely will not subject ourselves to that type of risk. So huge win is understanding and having a feeling of where all these different markets are and where the opportunity lies. And that's why you have to find boots on the ground and sponsors who are doing what I'm doing on a regular basis to make offers with. Okay. We've got this one right here, man, pouring into the employees. Got the leverage. That's huge, man. It's absolutely huge. I'm, I'm feeling really good about what we've got going on at FTW in regards to uh, my time getting allocated to different things. And it's not quite there yet, but I'm working on it. The last win that I'm going to say is this. All right. We had a big office project. Okay. We're multifamily guys, true and true. We had a big office project. It's our office. We are officing out of it. But in seven days, I was able to raise $1.2 million from our investors to close a 40,000 square foot office building in Kansas City. And that is a major win because it, it, it said, hey, our investors believe in you as sponsors, what you're doing in your market, and we will go to new asset classes with you. I was a little bit concerned about that. Obviously, with us being in there, with our other partners on the deal, uh, being tenants in the building, it's a little bit different, but a huge win to be able to get that over the finish line last Friday. And now we own 40,000 square feet uh, that we paid a very low price for on the streetcar. And in four years when that's done, I am super stoked to see what happens to lease rates and uh, that building. It's a solid building. It's a pretty building. Development happening all around it. And we've got a home for FTW and we're building out our own private club in the basement, which is super exciting uh, for us as well to expand our network in Midtown and be in the forefront of a lot of development going on in Kansas City. So huge move, big win, 40,000 square feet office building. It is under, uh, 
our management now and very excited about that. So those are the wins, man. Anything that stood out to you, brother? You said 1.7? 1.2. How much money did you raise two years ago? Oh, man. Probably 1.2 the whole year. <laughs> Probably 1.2 the whole year. And that was that was hard. That was very hard. <laughs> very hard. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Completely different place, man. Completely different place on that. And I want to give a shout out to our early investors to that uh, really believed in us and on those deals that we are selling. We're we're definitely doubling their money, which is uh, pretty pretty exciting or damn near close to to doubling their money in some of those deals. So losses, man, let's move on to the losses. So I rehashed this and this week I had at least one alcoholic drink every night. And so with that being said, uh, my sleep has been terrible this week and I, my body battery has been super low this week, which then has also domino effect into me sleeping in until four 30 and not getting up at four and delaying all the things, which then dominoed for me, not getting into my books as much as I would like to. So what the loss is here is one decision, even one glass of wine with my father-in-law that was over here, even one drink then makes me not have good sleep, which then makes me tired when I wake up, which then puts me delayed because I sleep in a little bit, which then I don't get into my reading which then I don't get into my journaling as much. So it's just a domino effect. And I saw exactly what happened this week. And I didn't even realize you know, what was going. I just woke up today and was like, man, man, my body battery hasn't been above 35 any morning. And that's not good. You know, I need that thing to be up at 85, 95 every single day. So um, big loss there. I will fix that. What you going to do? I, I will fix that. I'll stop drinking. Yeah, it's very easy. I haven't. I mean, I did it earlier this Here's the thing, too. It's like this week we had something every single evening. Um, we had we had something going on every single evening. But at the end of the day, I don't need to have a drink every single evening. You know, it just and I know some people are like, hey, one glass of wine is fine for you. Not for me. I mean, not for me. It doesn't work. I mean, it's not peak performance. You're not a performer when you do it. So I got to white knuckle myself every single day to get jacked up and to do it. And, and, and you know, but then I'm not the best husband and I'm not the best father and then I'm not the best person because I don't feel as inspired. So domino effect. I, I got to the root cause. I know exactly what I need to do and I'm going to fix that uh, next week. So stay tuned on, on that front. Shouldn't be a hard fix for me. I just uh, let that kind of get away from me a little bit this week. Um, other thing that's got away from me, and this is probably a more concerning, not more concerning, but it's a business concern for me is my emails piling up. I, uh, I, I, I got to get a solution and um, I get through the emails that need to be responded to, but there's so many, I think I'm at 179 in my inbox right now. And I know 65% of those are, are things that need to get responded to. And so um, then I've got this, this, uh, this frog that keeps getting bigger into a toad and now he's into a bullfrog and he's just sitting here ribbiting at me ribbit ribbit email 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 and uh, you know i've let that get to a point where it's not good but it's also a domino effect from me 
uh, not getting up early enough to respond to certain things as well, because I did implement a process that's been super successful for me, which has been do not live in your email all day long. Okay, good. That's good. But if nobody's managing it and you don't have a process to get through it and you sleep in because you're, you're tired because you had alcohol every single night, guess what? That's a problem. That's a short-term problem. The long-term problem is I need somebody to help manage this. And so we've got a job description out. Uh, I'm proud to announce we're going to be looking for some awesome talent in regards to investor relations. So we have over 600 folks uh, that have either invested in our projects, looking at our projects on a regular basis. And uh, a lot of people reach out to me on a regular basis. Um, and, and Allison's doing a good job on the marketing side because uh, I get a lot of email and stuff with press releases and, and different interviews. And she's taking that off my plate. Uh, but we're, we're going to bring in somebody that has some good talent in regards to investor relations. And I think that's going to be a huge opportunity for me uh, to get some email uh, support and, and, and get out of, of doing all of those responses. So I do have a fix for that. Um, yeah, man. So that was, the, that was the main, that was the main loss. I think from this week, it all really stemmed from, from having a drink, not getting the sleep that I need and then being tired. So what I wanted to do next, if there's nothing to add on that was talk about one main learning. And I had a lot of learnings, but I, I, I dialed it down to this. And this is going to be a little bit longer, but bear with me. To say to stay sustainable, you have to want to get up. You have to want to grind it out. The only way to want to do this is to enjoy it. And joy is an inspired happiness. Inspired means in spirit, living in spirit. That is all to say that you must build things into your life that you love and that you want to do on a regular basis. And that might sound like common sense, but it's not common practice. Might sound like common sense, but it's not common practice. And so I am not willing to say when this happens, when that person joins, when we accomplish this. I'm going to feel joy. I have made a choice for myself, for our family, to make life our playground every single day, meaning nobody can put their thumb on me, and especially me, and I'm really targeting myself on that front. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to put limitations on things that I want to achieve in regards to the way I want to live or feel on a regular basis. And that's not in regards to material things. This is a state of being that I'm referring to. And the state of being is inspired. And if you are inspired, you are living in spirit, you want to do the things on a regular basis. And I'm not willing to say, hey, when we do this, when the $100 million get, mark gets, gets checked off, I'm going to allow myself to do that. So you have to build certain things, certain priorities, certain feelings. You have to make a new rule for yourself that says every day I'm going to feel that. And that hundred million is going to be the result of every single day compounded. And I, again, I know that sounds like common sense, but when you get into the grind and you get into doing this 
on a regular basis. It's not common practice. And that's what I'm, I'm after. And that's what I'm trying to continue to implement into my uh, daily uh, vision uh, for each and every single day. And so with that, I have made every day fun. Something is happening that is fun for Logan. And it's a hard shift, guys. Uh, I mean, two and a half hours ago, I was getting lessons to play golf. And in an hour and a half, I'm going to go play maybe 15 holes. You know, I'm going to do that. And here's the thing. I look back with what I produced this week, and I put a dollar amount on that exact activities that I did. I mapped that out, and I said, you did it this week. You did it this week. And you created what you needed to to be successful. Now it's time to go do something that you love, or you're loving right now at least, to enjoy that moment and to enjoy that. So it's the things like we did last Friday with Isabella. It's, it's taking Oceans of Fun uh, a Friday and going to Oceans of Fun, the water park. It's taking Taylor out to uh, dinner to a, no, a new place last night. It's playing golf. It's spending time reading. It's all of these different things. And each day, I can't do every single one of them each day, but I'm, I'm making sure that every day there's a, some little highlight for me that I can look forward to, I can enjoy, and I can live in spirit. And guys, that alone, the last two weeks, has given me a new level of inspiration that then looks like, on the outside, motivation. And you know what? I'm really excited to say that that's working out really well. I just received a uh, text message from Taylor, and she says, really, comma, you, you golfed every week, every day this week. <laughs> Uh, well, baby, if you're listening on the other end over there, it's because I could this week. Okay. All right. How about that? Anyways, I, I think that's really funny. I look at my schedule next week. There's no way I'm doing it uh, every week next week, but that was the big learning was you got to be able to build those things into your routine, into your schedule, and you can't feel bad about them. And when you apply leverage the right way through people, capital, and technology, you don't have to wait when you achieve something to be able to feel that sort of of joy and fulfillment, Jerome. And that's a, a new level of enlightenment. A year enlightenment. ago, you wouldn't have done that. A year what? ago, you wouldn't have done that. Not even close. You wouldn't even celebrate closing the day. You wouldn't celebrate the exit. Not even close. And when I knew we were through due diligence on the closing for this deal that we're selling, the first email I sent to the team was, we have to celebrate this, period. Get it on the calendar, period. <laughs> and so I think it's important to hear that. And I think it's important to build that because, yeah, sure, you can go out there and grind and, and do it every single day, but you won't be here seven, eight years from now doing the same thing. It's just burnout. It's just all there is to it. There's so many different stories about that. And at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is in regards to, you know, being able to, to find out what that is for yourself. Uh, it could be just 30 minutes to yourself. It, it doesn't have to be playing golf. It can be anything. It could be taking a ride in, in a car. It could be doing any of those things, man. I tell you what, uh, it's been a, it's been a game changer for me. So I, that's my, my learning for, for the week, man, that I wanted to pass on to everybody. Yeah. I love it. You know, the one thing that I put in my journal is the best thing that happened yesterday was right. And so you know, I'm in the, in the dark hours, I think about the day prior and just try to figure out what was that thing that it was like, man, that was special. And then I got another section where I put this happened that I didn't expect to happen or I didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're neither good nor bad. They just are things that happen. 
You can assign whatever meaning you want to them. That's right. But if you do those two things, and I'm, maybe there's some others, but for me, if you do those two things, there's no way that you don't smell the roses along the way on your journey. That's right. You know, so often when we're, we're apex performers, we're so focused on the destination that we miss the whole journey and missing the journey and losing the people who are going on the journey with you so that you can get to the destination can be an absolute failure if you want those people at the destination with you. Right. So just keep that in the back of your mind as you're making your choices and make sure you're staying true to your priorities. Absolutely. So I'm going to leave us with a quote, and this is from a famous football player, but most people don't know that this football player actually was way more successful in commercial real estate after his football days. And it's Roger Staubach. And he said this about confidence. Confidence doesn't come out of nowhere. It's a result of something. Hours and days and weeks and years of constant work and dedication. And that's what it takes. Constant hours and days and weeks and years of work and dedication, but you can make that work joyful and fulfilled. Any last words from you, Jerome? No, <laughs> let it ride. Let it ride. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Compression Podcast. And I will give another update on where we're at. $63.2 million. I love the fact that I have to look in a journal to find that number. That means my, my focus is on the right thing. I'm not focused on the number. I have to look because I know I said it earlier in the podcast, but I forgot it by the time that I was done talking today and we were done with the show. But 63.2 million is where we're at. We've got another closing happening today. I'm super excited to keep the journey going with you guys. If you feel inclined, please go share this with somebody. Jerome sent some messages about some folks sharing out some, some Finish Strong Fridays, which are so fun uh, to put out there. I think people really love those, uh, those episodes. But share it with somebody that's going through this journey together. Reach out. Leave us some feedback. Uh, and if you want to, leave us a review. That'd be great, too. Super excited on where compression is going. And thank you for everybody that keeps uh, reaching out. Until next time, guys. Go live free. I appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Compression. My mission for this show is to do my part in helping you crush your limiting beliefs, rise above mediocrity, and live as the best version of yourself. If you feel inclined, please share this show with someone who could benefit, someone who needs to hear this message. As always, Please leave us a review wherever you're listening and connect and engage with me on LinkedIn and head on over to compressionpodcast.com where you can subscribe. And when you do, you're going to get access to my live goal tracker, resources to download that will help you along your own compression journey, and you're going to be able to stay up with the episodes. Until next time, we'll talk soon.